Welcome to No Concessions, a movie podcast where we explore subgenres of film and review a film from that genre. This week's subgenre is remember when live action anime adaptations were hot shit, but the fat only lasted for about eight months or something? <laughs> <laughs> the movie we're reviewing this week is Alita Battle Angel from February 14th, 2019. After that, we'll hop into our titular segment, No Concessions, where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movies. But first, let's introduce our guests. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Chet. I work in sort of the entertainment industry, so I have some strong opinions here. And, Excellent. you know, y'all you, you know the voice. Yeah, again, yeah come on. Uh, this is your boy, Brian, otherwise known as Cocannon. Uh... I'm here for Comic Con, and uh, that's about it. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> Easy, <laughs> very nice. Our our opening segment today is going to be a merch quiz. What's real and what's fake between these merch items? Comic Con is around, and they give away some wacky free shit. Mostly T-shirts that are all smalls for some reason. Because all the XLs go way too fast. Because everyone's fat. I don't it's think Comic-Con. they actually have XLs. That's the thing. I've I've been going to Comic Con. Some of you may have already heard this story. I stopped going to Comic-Con when I was about 22, so about seven years ago. And that was around when it hit its peak. And companies were giving away a ton of free shit. The one thing that I would always notice is they would give away shit, but never look at the size before they give it to yeah, you. Yeah, that's so definitely a thing. They just pitch you this item. Here's this t-shirt, fat boy. And <laughs> it's like, oh, cool, an extra small. I can't wait to like cut this into a crop top. Hell yeah. Oh, your boy's trying to look small over here, so I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, so let's get started with this merch quiz. Real or fake? I collected a list of items from listicles all over the internet and said, huh, this is, this is going to be real interesting. All right. Uh, so first item, Jar Jar Binks, Tongue Lollipop, or Shrek Burger? Which one of these is real? Which one is fake? Which one is real? I mean, it, you only have to well, name sure, which yeah, one. Okay, yeah. uh, Jar Jar Binks or the Shrek Burger. Uh, I swear I've seen that Jar Jar tongue, so I'm going to go with that's the real one. Nah, give me the Shrek Burger. Okay. The Jar Jar Binks tongue is the real one. That's <laughs> <laughs> thinking on my part. Uh Leaning into the more ironic category, Spider-Man bug spray or Little Mermaid fish sticks. <laughs> oh, that's so morbid! <laughs> uh, but I've I've gotten like those like packets of like uh, Spider-Man like bathroom accoutrement, like you know. So I got that shampoo, got that comb, and all that. Sorry. I'm gonna go bug spray. I mean, just for you know, one must live, one must die. I guess I gotta go fish sticks. Okay, fish sticks were the real one. <laughs> God ah! damn it! <laughs> <laughs> That's real freaking morbid. <laughs> Who the fuck let this through? Like, hey, hey, you want to eat flounder? Hey, yeah, no, no, not the fish. The one from Little. Mo- Do you want to eat that guy? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is uh, the Hunger Games bow and arrow set for adults, or James Bond candles. <laughs> uh, I feel like the, the Hunger Games one. Uh, that might be too on the nose, right? Like it's too obvious now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, give me some romantic ass candles. Let's go. All right, yeah, yeah, candles. It's the candles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is 2001 Space Odyssey monolith action figure <laughs> or from Dust Till Dawn corn tortillas. Wow. I'll go action figure. They got some obscure ass stuff. 
<laughs> I mean, it took place in what was that in Mexico? It was on the border of Mexico and Texas. Okay, Mexico. All right, tortillas, let's go. <laughs> it's it's the monolith. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> really shitty idea. It's a bad idea. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, someone bought it. I'm certain. Yeah, well, absolutely. You got to complete your sets. You're right. For all of your other 2001 Space Odyssey figures. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next one is uh, Devil Wears Prada Limited Edition Runway Magazine. Okay. Runway was the name of the magazine for yeah, the movie. Yeah. Uh, or <laughs> Matrix Reloaded Cell Phone. I would assume the magazine yeah. is more practical. The magazine sounds a little bit more real. Ha! Fooled you guys. It was the <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cell phone was it? Uh, I want to say it started maybe with Siemens or Simons, however that's pronounced, uh, or Samsung. I'd have to I'd have to take a look at it again. Huh. But it was it was just an old flip phone that just had the green and black on oh, it. Oh, good. So perfect for Snake. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Snake. <laughs> uh, next one is uh, Watchmen condoms or Harry Potter cologne. Mm. Dr. Manhattan uh, had his dick out the whole time. Them condoms were slinging. <laughs> uh, but he didn't need no condoms. True. So. He could kill his own sperm. Yeah, or if he found out that, you know, that egg was fertilized, just blink it out of existence. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, it's definitely Harry Potter cologne. <laughs> so you're going condoms? I'm going condoms. You're going cologne. Yeah. Anyone who's big into the Harry Potter scene probably needs it, too. <laughs> mm. It's the condoms. What? <laughs> <laughs> and they were blue. <laughs> See? They know. They know. They, they knew that dick was out that whole time. Those people don't need to be producing either. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay, so the last one and most important, it's American Psycho Bubble Bath <laughs> or from the movie 300, Leather Briefs. Ooh. Everyone's trying to be Leonidas. Leather Briefs, for sure. This is the Briefs? Hell yeah. Definitely. And if okay. not, I'm gonna quarter the market on that <laughs> it was definitely the briefs yeah. it was good. definitely now the i'm briefs. gonna go score a pair yeah hell yeah good choice Goddamn. <laughs> what's the what's the best and worst merch that you guys have ever gotten uh i there are a line of fist of the north star condoms that i have been dying to get <laughs> and it's like the small is toki mediums kenshiro and large is rao I'm like, yo, get me those Rao. <laughs> These are Japanese, man. I definitely need to go large. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese sizes for streetwear. Just the size too small always. Yeah, yeah no, for me, it's just the, that Spider-Man bath set that my sister got me. It's something I sure wouldn't have bought by myself, but I think that's the, the, the worst thing that I've ever owned. Like, it even had a fake, like, shaving set, too, because it was definitely for children. <laughs> Here I am, a grown-ass man with, like, this fake razor. Like, what am I doing with this? I remember the fake straight razors that were just plastic. Yep. You would just like, oh, I'm, I'm shaving my face. I'm like my dad. And yep. then in real life, when you get a hold of a straight razor, the first thing you do is immediately cut your face, because those things are hard to fucking use. Yeah. I, I had one straight razor shave in my life from some random woman and it was an interesting experience for sure, but I'll never do it again. I've had a uh, couple at like very traditional barbers, but I mean a couple, probably three tops. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. couple I've had have felt pretty friggin' awesome. Yeah. Like I imagine that's close to what you feel when you're getting like a manicure and stuff, except for your face. Yeah. I mean you should just get a manicure yeah. or pedicure. I don't know. You can they always bring find out, out. They bring out that hot towel and they, you know, get you all 
yeah, gussied up and stuff. Warm and then, foam and, yeah. yeah. And, and then you don't have to shave for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Because yeah, that is a close-ass shave. It's <laughs> fucking super close. The worst merch that I ever received was, thinking about it, it's a drive angry bottle opener, ha. but the bottle opener was too small for actual bottles, <laughs> so it was just in the shape of a bottle opener. It was it was like a dog tag that had the cutout for a bottle opener, but it couldn't actually fit around any bottle caps. It was so weird. That is horrible. That's so useless. It really was. It's a tease. And the way that you had to you, uh, get it to work was you had to bend the top of it <laughs> so you could actually get to the, the sharp chisel part yeah. to get underneath the lid. It, was, it fucking sucked. It was probably the worst thing That's that dumb. I've ever gotten. And that was from Comic-Con. And Shorty, who gave it to me, a friend of mine saw me in line, and he was just like, oh, Denzel, what's that? And I was just like, oh, it's a sick bottle opener. Uh, do you do you want it? He's just like, yeah, sure. So I gave it to him, and I turned around and I asked the lady. I was just like, hey, can I get a get another one of those? And she was like, no, your your friend has to come wait in line if he wants one, mm-hmm. and you just gave it away, so I can't give you another one. And I was just like, I looked down, and she's just got a box full, of them. <laughs> and I'm like, look, like I can uh, I understand like not wanting to break the rules, but come on you have a box right there full of them and eventually her friend came over or her co-worker and she was just like fuck just here take take four of them take five of them whatever and i <laughs> things don't even work yeah they're <laughs> worthless and eventually i i got them and i left but i found them at my apartment like maybe a month ago yeah. because i have a box full of like old badges and stuff that i got from conventions yeah and those were in there and i was like damn these were fucking useless i think anyone who frequents conventions just has a box of random merch that's completely useless totally worthless and it's just like i don't want to throw this away but also what the fuck do i do with this yeah yeah not nah, that stuff literally goes straight in the trash right outside the convention center <laughs> yeah okay that's fair <laughs> like i i, I marry a condo my shit like Right out the gate. That, no, nothing useless comes inside my house. That is the oh. much healthier and practical way to live, but I just like stuff. And so I have a lot of stuff. And Mickey hates it. No. Yeah, fair enough. More stuff means less comic books in the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. After the break, we'll get into our review of Battle Angel, Alita Battle Angel. Not the anime. We're talking about the live action adaptation. <laughs> it's all, all that's different is the order of the title. That's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's Denzel. I just wanted to remind you that we've got a website, noconcessions.net. There, you'll find articles from the community as well as archives from the show, interviews, reviews, and other pieces. Noconcessions.net. Link in the show notes. We've also got a social media presence. X no concessions on Twitter and Instagram. Back to the show. Welcome back. This week's subgenre is remember when anime adapt that very long sentence I said at the beginning. I don't remember it. It's <laughs> remember when anime adaptations were the new hot shit, but the fad only lasted for about eight months or something. Uh, that I think that's what it was. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, it's definitely okay. at least the gist of it. <laughs> anyway, it's Battle Angel, Alita Battle Angel. Not the they anime. Both work. <laughs> yeah. So the anime is called Battle Angel Alita, and the title is changed for the the live action adaptation Alita Battle Angel. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez, produced by 
John Lando and James Cameron. Screenplay by James Cameron and Leda Caligridis. I'm not trying. To, I'm not going to say that again. Uh, <laughs> based on Gun M by Yukito Kishiro. Uh, starring Rosa Salazar, Christoph Waltz, Jennifer Connelly, Mahershala Ali, Ed Screen, Scrine, Jackie Earl Haley, and Keen Johnson. Music by Tom Holkenborg. Cinematography by Bill Pope. Edited by Stephen E. Rivkin and Ian Silverstein. And it had a budget of $170 million and a box office pull of $404.9 million. Its running time is 122 minutes. It sure was. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. felt every minute of that. <laughs> it wasn't a, an especially thrilling watch, if I'm being honest with you. What the movie felt like to me, largely, was... A compilation episode it's like you know if you watch anime if you ever have watched anime before back in the day what would end up happening is they would take a they would make a clip show out of the important story elements of an episode jam them into one episode at the end of a season and that would be just a recap and that's what this movie kind of felt like it seemed like they were telling the story properly but there were elements missing from it. Like, instead of her playing murder ball for the first time or whatever the fuck it's called, they could have just fitted more story elements about her background. It's weird that they uh, talked about her background but didn't actually go into it too heavily. Yeah, they they gloss over a lot of stuff. Like, one issue that a lot of anime adaptations or any, like, adaptations of anything into a movie, especially, like, longer-form stuff is that you have to cut out a lot. And I think they tried to fit a little bit too much into this, so you get a lot of pacing issues and stuff just kind of gets glossed over. Yeah. Here's the thing that I don't get, though. I think that the anime was only like a half hour long. Well, there are... Was it, was it like a long series? I could swear that I tried looking it up and it was just it said it was like a half hour. I think it's based on the manga... So there are a couple OVAs, I want to say. Okay. So I know, I'm I'm fairly confident that there are t- at least two OVAs. I watched one of them because it turns out that was the sequel, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Either that or they're just fucking awful at storytelling. And there yeah. was just a bunch of shit missing from it. And I watched it around the time that they had announced this movie. Okay. But uh, I say I, for two hours, it felt so empty. Yeah, that's... That's true. The movie opens up with Christoph Waltz, Dr. Edo, Edo, which is an interesting uh, name that they decided to keep for the movie. Mm. (laughs) And he's going through the junkyard because he fixes people's robotic prosthetics and he comes across Alita, the top half of her torso, I guess. Yeah. And it's she's alive, which is really strange. She's got a human brain inside of a robot body which what makes her a cyborg or an android i guess that's cyborg android would be full robot but built like in the shape of a human so the androids from dragon ball z were misnamed they were cyborgs uh Mm. android 16 is an android but 17 and 18 were cyborgs 
That, okay. I feel like they would have gotten into naming issues with uh, Cyborg 009 and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he finds the body of Alita in the the junkyard, brings it back, or brings her back, and outfits her with a prosthetic body. One that, as you find out later in the film, he built for his dead daughter. I would like to point out she was living at later, the time. Well, hey, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was alive at the time. My bad. <laughs> built for his living daughter who died shortly after it was built. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I. <laughs> uh, I should also mention that later in the film, in this context, is like 10 minutes later. Like, I watched this movie this morning, and I was kind of half asleep, so I was kind of drifting in and out of this, and I, so I was checking up on the uh, the timestamps, like, just making sure I wasn't missing major plot points, and when they got to that part, it was only like 20 minutes into the movie, including, like, the intro and stuff, so... Get the body. Ten minutes later, you find out, oh, that's his dead daughter. Yeah. Because for some reason, Ito's ex-wife is just walking around outside of his shop. Yeah, just chilling. Like some weird stalker. And he's like, she's like, hey, kid. And she looks at the work. He's like, oh, he's reissuing bodies now? What the fuck? Uh, I think the weirder part wasn't giving her the body. It was giving her her name? Yeah, that. Like, hey, you, yeah. I think that's well, what, are you, what are you doing naming this random stranger thing that you picked up in the dump? After our daughter. And then he has the gall to say, oh, you haven't moved on. Yeah, right? right? He's very judgmental. God damn, Dr. Bro, you just named some random kid off the street after the dead daughter who's wearing the dead daughter's body. Fucking weird. And this movie doesn't start out like a traditional movie does where it's got a big action sequence to catch your attention. It just kind of starts telling its story where it begins yeah that doesn't happen a lot these days or it just drops you in yeah yeah like there's no big blockbuster trailer moments right out the yeah get-go. not a whole lot of exposition or anything just okay dump. there you go here's the story <laughs> we're gonna tell it chronologically crazy right <laughs> yeah very odd move while dr ito is fucking around with alito or whatever he's fixing people up eventually she gets to the point where she gets the teenage attitude and is like, I want to go outside by myself. Yeah. And so she does. She starts hanging out with the local street toughs. Uh, I can't remember the dude's name. Uh, Hugo. Hugo, yes. yes. Hugo is out there, and uh, he's just hanging out playing rollerball with his boys, and he's just like, oh, I see a cute cyborg. What's good, Ma? Come play. And so she starts playing murder ball. And that's how you find out that she knows how to do kung fu or whatever. You UFM kung fu. Yes. United Fronteras Mars or whatever like, the fuck that posse was going. It's space kung fu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More effective than guns on the moon Crazy. for some reason. It's This movie's got a lot of sci-fi shit in it. I just... As far as like bells and whistles for sci-fi goes for me, this movie's not hitting a lot of the things that I like. I don't think it does a good job of building the world. The characters aren't necessarily interesting. And I certainly don't give a fuck about a world full of like cyborgs and androids and other such robots. I, I just don't care. Yeah, you know, the setting was pretty grounded for how futuristic it is. Like, there wasn't a whole lot going on that seemed advanced outside of, okay, there's a bunch of 
cyborg bounty hunters. That's cool, I guess. But that's really it. Like, we don't see uh, the Zolom, Zolom. We don't see that, so we don't get, like, big future city. Instead, it's just, yeah, you're in the slums. Everything's dust. We're just we're just in Mexico right now. It's cool. Yeah, that's a really shitty part about this. It's the more interesting things they're not sharing, right? Yeah. Like, how the fuck did those other floating cities get destroyed? Why was there a war? What Like, that's... That's interesting stuff, stuff that you can even talk about without needing to go balls deep into it or even show a lot of it. But you can't, as I bring up pretty frequently, I don't remember the last time I did, but don't remind the audience that something more interesting could be going on yeah. while they're watching your boring ass movie about talking. There's a lot of fucking talking in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Very dialogue driven. Very dialogue driven, which doesn't happen a lot in these sort of blockbustery type things like it wasn't you know this it wasn't a smash hit box office crushing whatever but it's yeah. it's an anime adaptation that's kind of yeah not expected uh i'm kind of curious about what's going on with like the robot arm epidemic where just everyone has them like what what's <laughs> our, our babies coming out they're just like rip off those arms <laughs> like just everyone has robot arms yeah it's very I, strange i feel like that if they're having that many accidents like i don't know maybe you guys should figure that out like i don't know you saw those know. you saw those cop bots those things are just on a murder rampage all right, at all okay, times. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Alita saves a dog early in the movie for some reason that doesn't realize it's going to get stomped on. Yeah, I feel like this dog would know to run away from the scary machine that's barreling towards it. Yeah. Then again, animals get hit by cars all the time, so. Yeah. Not, I mean, but... not, sl- not steamrolled like that. That's real slow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like an Austin <laughs> Powers or <where laughs> Michael McDonald or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit yeah man uh after alita plays murder ball or roller ball or whatever the fuck it's called um she and hugo run into like the bounty hunters or whatever and they're like it, hugo explains to her like oh those are the hunter killers or whatever the fuck they're called and she thinks like oh that's cool so yeah. later in the movie um there's like a group of people that are going out and murdering women just for fun, I suppose. And as you do. Yeah, they're all cyborgs as well. So that's what you do, man. Once you become a cyborg, you either are a murderer or a hunter killer or another kind of murderer. Yeah, just a legal murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so Alita, after sneaking out one night, comes back and she notices that uh, Dr. Ito's arm is bleeding or whatever. And she's like, oh, shit, what, what's wrong with your arm? And he was just like, bitch, I told you to be home earlier. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so she, they have their argument or whatever. Fast forward to the next night. She notices Dr. Ito sneaking out, so she follows him. And because of the murders that were going on in the city, she thinks, oh, shit, this dude's going to fucking kill this bitch. He's, like, following this woman around wearing a very bright red jacket and hat thinking that she's Carmen Sandiego or some shit. <laughs> so Dr. Ito's got his like rocket propelled hammer. He's about to murder this woman and Alita jumps out and she's just like, what are you doing? Don't do this. She stops him, but it turns out it was a trap the whole time. <laughs> Dr. Ito is a hunter killer and he's chasing the bounty for these robots that have been going around murdering people. After that, they get into a fight. This is the first major fight scene in the movie yeah. where 
they just are fighting basically it doesn't it's not it's not great <laughs> the biggest one of the bigger problems that i have with this movie is that it's a cg fuck fest and everything just looks like cg it's not good it's computer graphics fighting computer graphics you know it's the scenes are cool style to stylistically but they're not they're not especially interesting i guess like it's kind of hard to tell who like what's going to hit and do damage like one problem that i have with sort of fantasy battles is that whoever wins is just decided by whatever the writer wants and it doesn't have to make sense you know you can just have it be oh this 8 year old girl is just stronger than this weightlifting dude like that's it you know if the writer says it is, that's what it is. And that's kind of how it felt when she was fighting against the big guy. And it's like, oh, she's going for this big old kick. What's it going to do? Is is he going to block it or is it going to remove his arm? Okay, it removed his arm. Oh, shit. How did that happen? Like, yeah, okay, it's cool. And, you know, they, they tell the tale of like, oh, she's way stronger than she, you would think. She's got her super powered heart. But it's also, I don't know. I feel like those other guys were just incompetent. Like, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I figured she was just hitting with, like, super precision. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a jumping axe kick delivered to a joint. I'm yeah. sure fucked him up. It would have hurt. Badly. Yeah. Took off his arm. That's what it did. That's right. And you see her go for that same kick later in the movie, and it just does nothing to him, which is, I guess, a good way to show that he's gotten stronger. Yeah. This fight in itself sets up the villains of the movie Mahershala Ali playing Vector which is a cool ass name <laughs> and uh, Jennifer Connelly who's Dr. Ito's ex-wife and they're working on the robot and it also introduces you to the main the head villain I guess Nova yes who is played by Edward Norton which is Shown at the end of the movie. There, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, you see him in one scene, kind of, and he just doesn't even talk. Yeah, and they do a lot of like CG to his face, so it's hard to tell that it's him with the glasses on. Yeah, it's really weird. It's kind of fascinating, actually. It introduces Jennifer Connelly's character, whose main motivation is to get back to Zalem. Apparently, she lived there at one point, and she fell from the heavens. And, yeah. Strong get back. Yep. And Nova uses getting back to Zalem as the carrot for her stick. That's a weird way to phrase that, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even I thought it was a little bit strange. But. <laughs> Everyone wants to go to Zalem, and therefore, you know, Nova and Vector just kind of like, hey, if you do what we tell you. You can make it back up to Zalem. You could go to the High Rollers Club. And then, you know, spoilers, that's a fucking lie. Yeah, they make that promise to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Never, never pans out. Especially the robots who are fighting for Murderball. Yeah. So in Murderball or Rollerball, I don't remember. It's uh, Motorball. Motorball. It's yes. my ball. Oh, that's why I thought it was called Murderball. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So Motorball. Murderball was that movie from like the early 90s, wasn't it? Where it was uh, just like roller derby, but with like discs. I want to say Rollerball and Murderball were also were both also movies. Oh shit! 
All right. Well, we'll have to get to those at some point. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what ends up happening is if you win enough ro- motorball games, you can go up to Zalem, which doesn't seem like it's actually factual. Yeah. It doesn't come true at all. Because they refer anybody. to the big guy. They refer to him as the like grand champion. champion. Yeah. So he should be able to go up. But chooses not to. That don't that don't make sense to me. He likes rollerblading too much. Yeah, that's true. He's just <laughs> here to fight some little girls. <laughs> he doesn't get up to Zalem. Uh, no. nobody does. As it turns out, Jennifer Connelly. To spoil the movie for you, at the end of the movie, she has her brain removed as a way to get her up to Zalem. Like, yeah, they take her brain, her eyes, and her hands. I want to say yeah. hands and heart. It's fucking weird. But I, it's a much more efficient way to get someone up there. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Like, why is it just collectibles? Do you just put them all on a shelf? No, she's gonna get a robot body when she goes up there. Oh, really? Do you sure. think so? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense. Actually, the power of five men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only five foot tall, though. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and then and you get disrespected be... in a bagel store. And and life is horrible. Get fucking tackled <laughs> by some gigantic guy. Oh my god, that was so fucking crazy. That was crazy. That dude fucking jumped on him. Yes. It was so weird. I was like, why would you? Why would you even do that? Like, what? What? What would provoke you to jump on some random dude who's just having a bad day? What I love about that video is like the way it's shot. You can't really tell how short this guy is until like halfway through the video. Then you see him next to someone. It's like, oh, this is half of a person. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell until like later when there was like some interview with. Uh, some news agency and stuff and like the girl they sent there was like just had to have been like seven foot tall (laughs) in heels and this guy just couldn't have looked smaller (laughs) yeah oh man yeah let's do that dude anyway this movie continues there are there's a lot of shit that happens in this movie but much like I believe it was James Brown had said, the movie talks a lot but doesn't say anything. Huh. Yep. And there's a lot of shit that happens. Like Alita learns how to play murder ball, motor ball, excuse me. <laughs> I keep wanting to call it murder ball, but because everyone gets killed. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of murder. It is. Those scenes are actually pretty rad. They yeah, were... the, the motor ball scenes are, are really cool action sequences. Yeah, absolutely. There are a few other things that happen in the movie. Hugo turns out to be a parts poacher. He goes and he fucks people up and steals their parts for Vector or other people and sells them back on the black market. Alita finds this out towards the end of the movie. This is this is kind of one of the parts that really was off-putting to me. Mm-hmm. So Ed Screen plays, what's his name? The bounty hunter? Zipan? Zipan, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he plays a bounty hunter named Zipan. And Zipan is an asshole. And he's got one of the UFM blades, which is... United Front for Mars, I want to say, maybe. I don't know. It's but, a space sword. Yes, exactly. Super legendary. It's, it's, it's extremely legendary. <laughs> and Alita, during the middle of the film, gets one of her old bodies back from a UFM ship, ship that's crashed. She goes out there with Hugo and a few of his friends, and she knows the code or whatever to get in, and she takes his body out. She has the doctor give her a new body after she gets into a fight with the new and improved grand champion who cuts her up. Yeah. And that that little girl couldn't handle it. We need, we need space little girl. Bring, bring her, her new body. Uh Aha. And how long was the war? Was it 30 or 300 years ago? 
300. 300. And it was long enough to wipe out all the facilities. But uh, they still somehow managed to have enough class to, like, not ruin, like, the gigantic water fountain perimeter that they had up around the city. Like, <laughs> yeah. how do you have a giant war and you still have that? Yeah, it's a good question. They had 300 years to repair it. I don't know. <laughs> There's a, There are a lot of things that kind of stand out in this movie that are, like, a little bit weird. Like, what is the floating city? Why does it float? Why is that necessary? And why is there a city underneath it? Isn't the concern that, like, if that ever comes down, all the people below it will die? No, fuck those people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the attitude. Uh, she boards the UFM ship, gets a new body. She gets into a fight with the Grand Champion again. The daughter's body that Ito gave her gets cut up. She changes bodies to this new body. And during that time... Um, Hugo has a change of heart about poaching parts from people and he goes out to stop a few of his friends who are out there stealing parts. Zaipan catches up with them and he's just like oh you guys have been killing people to take their parts and he goes like obviously this guy's very much alive and then as you would predict Zaipan's like quack no he's not <laughs> and so Hugo is then framed for murder and he's on the run as Alita's doing her motorball thing and because everybody's simultaneously trying to kill Alita so they can give her body to Vector, who will then give it to Nova. Nova. It's a whole lot of shit is going on. But this scene is actually really rad, where everybody's fighting and chasing her, yeah. and she jumps through like a big TV screen, and she's going through the city. It's really dope. She kills a lot of those people, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, she fucks them up. She catches up with Zepan and Hugo, and he's like, hey, this guy's a murderer. He's been killing cyborgs. And she's like, no, no. Why would you do that? And he's like, hey, uh, you're a hunter killer. You got to take your bounty. She's like, no, but I can't. And he's like, oh, here, I'll make it easy for you. So he just stabs him in the chest. And he's like, there you go. Finish him off. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> so she runs off with him. And she's like, no, but I got to save him. And then they like surround the area with the murder bots. And then... Ito's wife, ex-wife, comes in. She's like, don't worry, guys. I'll take care of this. And decapitates Hugo, but uh, attaches him to Alita's body, so he's still alive. But it reads as he's been decapitated, therefore she's collected the bounty. So then uh, Japan's like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? That's not, that's not how that works. And she's like, yeah, it is. Fuck off. And Japan's like, no. And then... Now the cops are like, whoa, whoa, don't steal that bounty. And that's so, punishable by death. That's right. So she takes uh, Zapan's sword, the legendary blade of legend, uh, and cuts his face off. About fucking time. And, yeah. But like the thing is, he, that, that's like not a consequence. She just cuts off his face and he's like, my face, my face. <laughs> yeah. That's but, it. That's no it. one's going to love him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and now he doesn't have his sword. Oh no! Oh no! Yep. And it's not as if he faced any like punishment for framing somebody for murder. I mean, no. he sure did. Lost his face. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was for trying to steal a bounty. And on top of that, Hugo didn't even try to explain himself. He wasn't like, "Yeah, you know, I steal these parts, but I didn't kill that dude." He was just like, "But it's yeah, <laughs> yeah." He just let off with, "You don't understand," which is always the wrong way to the lead off something where it's worst. like hey are you lying to me about something you don't understand no just say no i'm not lying yeah there that, you go you could have solved it that was the part that really threw me about that scene was like 
dog, just tell her what the fuck just happened. Yeah. yeah. Homie Pan cut him. this yeah. man's neck. Yeah. Like you, If you look at the fucking body, I'm sure the cut wound is consistent with that guy's fucking sword. Right. Like nothing else is cutting through molecules like this fucking sword. Like, oh, do you think I disarmed this dude, used his sword, gave it back to him, and I'm fine now? What do you think? Stupid. Also, also, are you going to believe me or this guy that you embarrassed in the bar like an hour ago? (laughs) (laughs) This guy that's currently pissed off at both of us. Yeah. Stupid. It's really weird and dumb. Like, I thought that part of the script was really bad. When, When I talk about good adaptations and bad adaptations, this is one of the bad ones. This movie takes a bunch of elements from what currently exists and rewrites a story a bad story whereas even something like ghost in the shell took elements from the original material and combined them in a way to make it like a coherent consistent story while borrowing elements and created their own world this just seems like it wanted to use everything and it put it into one pot and said okay cool like this is good to go see what's interesting about that though is that most of the people who I've talked to who know the source material were actually very happy with the way it was handled because they took, I think they took like the first two parts of the story and just kind of smashed them together. Cause like the motorball stuff and the stuff with Hugo were like two separate stories. So they just kind of merged them into one movie. But for someone who doesn't know the source material, it felt, like it was trying to do too much without like really saying anything. But for the people who know the source material, they were happy that they were able to cover so much. And I guess like if you have more context for it, it feels a little better. But as a viewer who doesn't know stuff, it's just kind of confusing. As a viewer, I'm only slightly familiar with the story. I'm familiar with the portions involving Hugo. Okay. So any part where basically in the in the manga or in the OVA that I watched, uh, Ido dies, the dog dies, Hugo dies. Okay. And it plays out kind of similarly in the movie. So there are hunter killers that are after Alita. They, they kill Hugo, who's trying to protect Alita. And they also kill the dog for some reason they turn the dog into a fucking grease stain it's gnarly (laughs) (laughs) so and then hugo also um is in the film he gets i'm pretty sure he doesn't get a robot body maybe he does he does he does he He gets a robot body and and then he he gets he gets like chainsawed on the the tube to heaven yes so he's going up the tube and he gets fucking wrecked and that stuff plays out in the same way yeah but the rollerball stuff i could have lived without that you don't need that in the story yeah you know i think they just did that to have something cool and visual that was like that would appeal more to like the casual action fan but it wasn't all that critical to the story and my biggest problem with the Hugo stuff was that it felt contrived. Like they were just kind of forcing this romance between these two. Mm-hmm. Like I get yeah. why she likes him. Cause it's like, Oh, it's the first person that I talked to that isn't basically my dad. Okay, fine. I can accept that. But he has a job that kind of would give him some disdain towards cyborgs and all of that. Why is he falling for this girl within the span of like a day? 
I don't know. Yeah, she's that, she's new. She's like that's, that's basically it. It. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a new girl in town got it. It's the same thing that happens if you work in retail or like at a bar or something. <laughs> so like somebody new shows up and like you have to lock Dibs. down that relationship immediately. <laughs> that's what happened funny enough at a brewery that I'm at pretty consistently. There was uh there a new girl started and immediately one of the dudes like hopped into a relationship with of her. Course, of course. Um, immediately. It was really fucking weird. All right. Maybe it's more realistic than I'm giving credit for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, the movie as a whole, uh, I'm sure is very faithful to the source material, but those aren't, I think the elements don't work as well together to create a consistent and compelling story as they could. I don't. Maybe it's just poorly written. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten some pretty mixed reviews from different people, both anime fans who haven't seen it. I say both, but I'm going to bring up more than two categories. But whatever, uh, anime fans who haven't seen it, people who don't like anime, who obviously don't know the source material, and then uh, fans who love the original material. And there's no real consensus even between any of those groups. Like, I think the people who enjoyed it the most were the people who really liked Alita, the original, but no one's really sold one way or the other on it. It's a very divisive movie. I could use a whole lot less faithfulness to those gigantic ass eyes <laughs> because like the, the entire time I just could not concentrate on the movie. Either give it to everyone or to no one. I don't know why they decided to do that. Like, lean away from that. I mean, were the UFM just a bunch of weebs? Yeah. <laughs> we need anime eyes on all the women. Michelle Rodriguez, too. Shoutouts to, uh, to nobody complaining about Battle Angel Alita being whitewashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that never came up once. Not once. Like well, okay, the anime eyes then. Rosa Salazar definitely not Asian. Definitely not like Christoph Waltz. Were there certainly not Asian? Were there any Asian main characters? No, uh, not main characters. One of the people in Hugo's gang was Asian. Yeah, there were like yeah, there was a couple side characters like the dude that gets his octopus tentacle hands removed. He was yeah. Asian. Another one of the dudes in Rollerball. Like there were, mm-hmm. it was a very diverse like just set of people around, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, none of the main characters were remotely Asian. Yeah, yeah. Where, where are you? Where's that energy at Twitter? Huh? <laughs> where the fuck is that energy at? The movie as a whole. Let's. I guess let's round out with what we think of the movie holistically. How about you, Brian? Oh, I could have paid way more attention with less big eyes. <laughs> like it, it was just so off-putting that I just I couldn't even focus. Like the the battle scenes were neat and stuff, but like. As far as actual story goes, no idea what actually happened. <laughs> uh, I thought the movie was okay. It has serious pacing issues, and I have trouble caring about the story or the characters. There's a lot of cool scenes, but if you're not into anime, if you're not used to the weird shit, then give it a pass. Fair enough. I don't think the movie is very good. It's very long. It's interesting visually. It's got some cool visual components, but as soon as somebody cuts those out and puts them on YouTube, that's all you really need to watch. The acting <laughs> isn't particularly good. The story is not particularly good. 
there's a lot of shit going on. This movie could have ser- been served a lot better if it was broken up into like two or three parts. Agreed. And you can make the first movie about Rollerball and her wanting to get revenge on Nova. The second movie about Hugo getting fucking killed. And that way over the first two movies you could build up that relationship in a way that makes sense. Uh, and isn't the same as like somebody who works retail who's just trying to dive on the first new person that comes in. You could do a lot better with those sorts of things. And the third movie, I'm, I don't know if this movie is getting a sequel. But this movie is hugely disserviced by them setting themselves up for a sequel. I yeah. fucking you fucking leave it on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? I can't do two more hours of that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And I wish this movie was better. A lot of people who much like you chat were into the anime. I saw positive reactions from a lot of people were saying this is really well done. It is respectful to the source material or whatever, but I don't give a fuck about respect towards the source material. <laughs> it just make a good movie. I would say, I would even argue, I'd be willing, I might, I might not be willing to die on this hill, but I'd be willing to get shot on this hill. <laughs> I would say Ghost in the Shell is better than this. Ooh. I like, I would argue that it's better than this. Mm. I, I'm not going to die on the hill, but again, I'll take a few shots for that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not, the movie's not fucking good. The, Ugh, there's a lot that bothers me about it. Uh, <laughs> this movie is just kind of a paint by numbers like action movie. It's not. It's, it's not great. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing really special about it. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, after the jump, we'll be back with our titular segment. No concessions. You thought you were gonna escape without being told about the Patreon? No way patreon.com slash no concessions we got hell bonus content a newsletter a doctor who recap show commentary tracks bonus reviews all kinds of stuff you'll love it sign up at patreon.com slash no concessions patreon.com slash no concessions And we're back with the titular segment, No Concessions, where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movie. Let's start with you, Brian. Uh, I will not concede that uh, Amazing Spider-Man isn't the best of the Spider-Man movies. Isn't? You, so you think, think it, it is. is the best? Yes. Holy shit, that's yeah. a take. This is yeah. All right, go ahead yeah. and make your case. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, well... After the bad taste that Tobey Maguire movies left in my mouth, uh, I just like the fact that they got back to a Spider-Man who, like, I don't know, actually liked science and stuff. Wasn't just a shutterbug. Yeah. I feel like he was more true to the, the source material. Uh, I liked Alexander Gar- Garfield or Andrew Garfield as uh, Spider-Man, for sure. Uh, you know, and it's probably one of the first movies that I've actually felt moved by, like, to the point of almost tears. Um, the scene after you know Uncle Ben dies, like that ah, happens all the time. It's like no one really gives a crap about that. But like when uh, Peter has his interaction with Flash at school, and like just the fact that like you know Peter like latches, latches out at Flash, and Flash is just like, "Hey man, listen, like I get it. I you know you're, I know you're feeling hurt, and you know I'm I'm here for you. Like even though I've been a gigantic bully to you this entire time, like I'm here for you. Like 
seeing that friendship start to bud and like the potential that was there <laughs> for like them actually like you know really following the the source material i was i was so excited for it and then they bungled it with the second movie oh that they did <laughs> But I feel terrible. like I feel like he got you know the quips were on point, like he just felt like such a good Spider-Man. Not that Tom Holland's bad, but like I don't know. There's not very much quippiness to no, Tom Holland. Kind of kid, and the kid, no, the yeah, kid part's fine, awkward. but like I like the quips. Yeah, he's yeah. not funny. He's not he's not incredibly charming either. No. He's just yeah. a dude. It's it's kind of funny how different each of the different Spider-Mans are because like Tobey Maguire was just a fucking dork. Like, absolute loser, lived in his shoebox apartment. He doesn't do the science, doesn't have the, like, the sort of cleverness to him mm-hmm. that Spider-Man should. Um, and then the movies were just maximum cheese on top of that. And then Andrew Garfield was much more confident, especially, like, as Peter Parker. It really stood out that, you know, he actually has some personality to him and mm-hmm. is kind of likable. Uh, and then Tom Hall and... Tom Holland uh, is the awkward child. You know, he really feels like a high school kid. And I mean, I think all of them are valid. They're just very different takes on Peter Parker. I like Tobey Maguire the least. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people think that Spider-Man 2 with uh, Tobey Maguire was the best of them. I never really felt that. Mm-hmm. I never... No, they were they were fine. Yeah. Which one was the one with Topher Grace? Three. Three? Three? Yeah. <laughs> no one liked that one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily have an opinion on those Spider-Man movies, to be honest. I know that Spider-Man 2, up until the recent Spider-Man game, was the best one that had come out ever. Oh, you mean PS2. the game? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. I thought Ultimate Spider-Man was really freaking good. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't I was play back on back on like the Xbox and shit. <laughs> I like playing Spider Man in Marvel vs. Capcom too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your pick this week, Chad? My pick this week is also a superhero movie. Hey, Comic Con's coming up. Why not? I'm going Thor Ragnarok because uh, I just fucking love that movie, man. Like, especially because I really enjoyed Thor as a character. I thought he was he had one of the more interesting backgrounds of the MCU characters where. We don't necessarily have an origin story for him. You know, he's been doing this for a while. It's just, okay, how does he become one of Earth's mightiest defenders? But they didn't really know what to do with him. Like, okay, he's serious and he's strong and he's awkward, kind of fish out of water thing. But like, do we like that? Do we not? And then right around Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, you start getting a little bit of personality with him. They don't really, they don't really lean into that. And then Thor Ragnarok comes out, and now he's a big, dumb meathead who's way stronger, way dumber, and suddenly he's a great character. And they leaned so heavily into the space weirdness and the magical weirdness, and I, I really enjoyed what they did with him. And then like we see more development with the Hulk, who's another character who I felt was criminally underutilized. You know, I, I think that movie really set the MCU onto a much better path, which led well into Infinity War, which was also great. So uh, going from the first two Thor movies into Ragnarok was such a pleasant surprise for me. And uh, 
like the marketing was great, the music was great. I I really like enjoy that movie, and I will watch it many times more. Hell yeah, yeah, very nice. My movie this week is Valerian, City of a Thousand Planets. Oh, I just watched that. Dude, it's on Prime for free, dude. That's right. That's where I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, so when this movie initially came out, I didn't like it as much, but I actually rewatched it yesterday. Hey, and. That movie fucking rips, dude. It's uh, Luc Besson's re-entry into sci-fi after Lockdown, which was a terrible space prison movie <laughs> starring uh, Guy Ritchie, I think. I don't remember. Anyway, Valerian City of a Pl- Thousand Planets does like a, a lot of like really rad, interesting things with different concepts. They're the first movie to take the idea of the internet from Futurama and then make it a thing. <laughs> it was that was so sick, like interdimensional hopping and stuff like that. The story is pretty basic. It's obviously, I mean, if you're American, it's very allegorical to American living. Yeah, we destroy an entire civilization, and then when a, the refugees come knocking, we're like, "Oh, these people are fucking terrorists." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Hit it, close to home. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the the movie does like a lot of great world building. I love all the tech that's featured in the movie. They do this portion where Dane Dehan, who plays uh, Valerian, the titular character, is running through all the environments in the space station. And it introduces like a lot of neat pockets to those worlds. Granted, this movie is largely CG. There's some practical stuff in it, but it's heavily CG. But the CG fits together in a way that looks good and is like fun to watch so not like alita not like alita at all <laughs> uh, even the part where they have the big dumb creatures who don't speak and they kidnap lorelei oh and they're, like they're trying to marry her off or like eat her brain or some shit that like, was a fun sequence yeah that was really good <laughs> there the movie is fun it's lighthearted. it's definitely reminiscent of fifth element something else that luke Besson had done but there's not it's good it's fun but i also understand why it wasn't like the biggest hit in in the box office because it's a kind of weird movie like uh the because there's so much like space and so much cg like it's a little hard to take it all in for casual audiences like if you're not into sci-fi i don't think you're gonna like this movie yeah that's fair that's fair. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's completely reasonable. Yeah, but you like sci-fi, so <laughs> yeah, I love sci-fi you're about shit. It. It, if you don't like sci-fi, it's just going to be. I would imagine it would be the same way that I feel about fantasy, where it's just like a fucking dumb setting, and the story is like not great. So if you're not into sci-fi, you're just watching it and you're like, "What the fuck is this, dude? This is stupid." And that's how I feel when I watch a lot of fantasy movies. Yeah. It's like, why do we need to be in a forest right now? This is dumb. <laughs> but I really truly enjoy the movie, and I think that it's a great watch. Fucking watch it, dude. Yeah. If you like sci-fi, I if- don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's definitely weird shit in there, and I think more people are acclimated to the ideas of fantasy than they are of sci-fi because sci-fi can vary so much from movie to movie. Yeah. Whereas fantasy, it's always the same shit: dragons, <laughs> witches, magic, swords, dudes with muscles. I mean, at this point, it's so familiar, and I also think that because 
sci-fi is usually set in a like vaguely medieval setting we know yeah fantasy fantasy. yeah Yeah. yeah. like it's it's so familiar and like so grounded in that oh we got castles and princesses and whatever whereas sci-fi you know because it's future it can go in so many different ways and it's also usually political somewhere in there and yeah they tend to be a lot more dense in terms of like stuff you have to accept yeah absolutely especially something that's like cyberpunk themed yeah because cyberpunk is basically like anti-corporate through and through and if you watch something like blade runner 2049 or blade runner itself the there's a lot to digest in there and the ideas are much more heady than oh there's an ogre with a big rock hammer that's gonna bash (laughs) my brains in like fantasy fantasy is like not for the thinking man Sci-fi is. I'm. This is the first time in my life I've ever said something as pretentious as that. I'm gonna leave it in. I'm gonna leave it in just as a reminder to myself to never say anything that fucking lame ever again. That was fuck. And like the fucked up part is like I think I meant that. I that came from the heart. Yeah, dude. That's that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. I can't. No, I can't do that anymore. That was bad thing to say but i accept it (laughs) i accept this as your truth that was awful oh my god but anyway valerian city of a thousand planets is my no concession yeah yeah Yeah, check it out uh brian do you want people to be able to find you online uh sure i mean i guess you can find me on twitter at cocannon uh i don't post a whole lot there uh most of my terrible opinions are on our discord yeah join the discord it's uh we're not partnered so i don't have a cool link the the link is probably in the show description maybe yeah, i'll put it there yeah. me when when i hear this just put the discord information in the show description it's also on the website noconcessions.net we have an instagram now x no concessions and a twitter account x no concessions why are there x's in front of i explained it in an ad break it's not important anyway uh we have those accounts now you can follow us on there or you can um follow i don't follow me on any social media i don't Uh, yeah i'm i'm at bushido brown sd on all of your favorite social medias. All right, excellent. So we're going to take off. We'll catch you next week. Yeah, y'all have a good night. Bye.